This is Confidence on the Go with your host, the pink-loving, unicorn-chasing, caffeine-fueled student of fitness and confidence, Trish Blackwell. This is a podcast community that celebrates life and pursues living a life worth telling a story about. You have uncommon potential within you, and you're in the right place to unleash it. Here's your host, Trish. What up, everyone? It is Trish Blackwell, and you're listening to Confidence on the Go. This is the podcast that is dedicated to accelerating your personal momentum in life, to making radical change in your thought life so that you can live the life that you were meant to live the life of your dreams, but more than that, the life that leaves a legacy and an impact that makes a dent on this world. And that life, that life starts with confidence, with giving yourself permission to excel and be the absolute best version of you possible. We are episode number six zero. I can't believe it's 60. And so first and foremost, welcome. Uh, I want to say what's up. Hope you guys are having a good day. How are you? Uh, I just, you know, want to want you to know I care. I want, I, I love this audience. I love this community. We are thousands strong, and it's it's growing every day. So thank you if you're a brand new listener and you've just stumbled across the show. I want to give you a big warm welcome from all of us. And if you've been listening for a long time, perhaps since my very first episode. I'm giving you a big old hug and high five. So thank you for staying committed to yourself, for investing in yourself each and every week, and for really making an effort to be the best you that you can be. And thank you for inviting others into this community as well. Well, today's topic, what we're talking about today is how to be your number one fan and not your number one critic. How to be your number one fan and not your number one critic. And before I go into that, I do, you guys know, I love sharing a little bit of my personal life and just what's going on in my world and where they, where these topics sort of come from are just from my daily living. And uh, today's topic came from a few conversations I've actually had recently with people that I'm working with one-on-one and also with some friends who, str- who have been struggling and have said consistently, gosh, I'm, I just can't stop criticizing myself. I'm stuck in this rut of constant self-criticism. And I'm here to tell you that you do not have to stay that way, that you can go from being your number one critic into being your number one fan, period. But since we're talking about being a number one fan, I am a number one fan of my husband, and I am so pleased and proud to just wish him a happy anniversary. We just hit our first anniversary. Yes, yes, I know, we are young in marriage, but we are so happy and our, our love is growing and our happiness is overflowing. And that is something to celebrate. And so um, just a shout out to every one of you who is investing in your relationship, wherever that relationship is right now. Um, gosh, what we put into a relationship is what we get out of it. And so Brandon, I am your number one fan and I am just had the best year of my life. So happy anniversary. Um, I also, while we were kind of celebrating our anniversary and it was actually Brandon's birthday and also a friend's wedding, I, I guys was, had the rare opportunity to be a groomsman in one of my good friend's weddings. I was a, it's a good guy friend and, um, I get to stand on the guy's side. I didn't, I didn't have to wear a tux, don't worry, but I got to wear a, a gray dress to match their gray suits and it was just awesome and it was a beautiful venue, um, in Corolla 
North Carolina, and we stayed in Duck with his family at this beautiful house, and got to surf for two days and drive our Jeep on the beach. And you know, for those of you who are familiar with the Outer Banks, you would already know this, but in case you don't, and I didn't, there are wild horses everywhere on the northern end of, of the Outer Banks. It was amazing, and I I was just totally surprised. I got to see these wild horses galloping on the, you know, the, on the beach, on the sand dunes. And, and y'all, that was like the ultimate childhood dream fantasy coming to life. It was, it was absolutely, absolutely amazing. And so, um, that's kind of what's been going on in my world. Um, I am doing a a marathon this coming weekend. It's going to be my first trail marathon. I'm pumped. So if anybody out there is doing the North Face DC trail marathon, it is June 7th, this Saturday. Let me know. Hit me up. Send me an email. I would love to meet up with you. So um, you might be doing the 50K, the 50 miler. There's also 5K, 10K. Um, But I would love to say what's up. It's in Algonquian Park. And um, I know there's got to be somebody out there that's going to be there. I would love to meet up with you and, um, and cheer you on as you cheer for me as well. But let's, let's, speaking of cheering, let's dig into how can we be our number one fans? How can we become better fans and encouragers to ourselves? Because what happens is we have all these great intentions, but we're not judged by our intentions. We're judged in life by our actions and our legacy is determined by our actions, not our intentions. You know, I've heard it said before, actually recently, someone said that everyone has a million dollar idea. But the only reason that there are only a few ideas that make a million dollars isn't because there aren't a million million dollar ideas. It's because there are only a few people who actually make a plan for the idea that they get and they have the courage and the discipline to put into action. I want you to be able to put into action how you celebrate life and how you celebrate yourself. So today I have eight ways for you to be your number one fan. And the first way, this isn't even a number, so this is bonus. You're welcome. This is a bonus, is to is to first and foremost distinguish the difference that where you are. Are you your number one fan right now? Or are you your own worst critic? And if you are your own worst critic, I want you to make that decision today to say, no longer am I going to be my number one critic. You don't have to live a critical life. You don't have to live under the microscope of your own just never-ending perfectionism. You can be your number one fan. And I think once you decide to stop being a critic and instead to be a fan, that it's okay to be a fan of yourself. That in fact, being a fan of yourself releases you and gives you permission to be your best, to excel. And when you excel, you're living out the best you possible. You're loving people more and you're actually contributing to the world. I think at the end of the day, all we all have something ingrained in us that we need to contribute. But if we continue to be our own worst critics, our number one critic, we won't ever be free or have the opportunity and the creativity to be able to express that contribution. Criticism creates clutter. It, it, It clutters our ability to be creative and it chokes us out. Criticism chokes. And so I want to ask you today, before we get into our eight reasons, or eight ways we can really be our own fans, is why, why are you choosing to prescribe to this critical mindset? 
and 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 I know it's hard to change a behavior. I get it. I mean, really, in the personal training field, we tell people when you're signing up with a personal trainer not to train for less than 12 weeks with with anybody because the reality is the first 30 days you're forming a habit and you'll start to know some changes, notice some changes. But it's the next 60 days that you see real changes happen. But it isn't until another 30 days, until you get to that 90-day mark, that everyone around you starts seeing it and complimenting you and commenting on your changes. So becoming your number one fan takes commitment. It takes a time length. It takes discipline. And it takes a decision to change your thought life. And so here are, here are eight, of, eight ways I came up with that I want you to use to your benefit to build up your own fan base of supporting and encouraging yourself. Because I don't want you to need affirmation from everyone else. You, you don't. You don't need affirmation or permission or approval or reaching a thresh mark or a certain number in your paycheck or you don't need to be able to fit into a certain size jeans in order to be effective and, and to live out a happy and amazing life as who you are meant to be. The only thing you need to do in order to be your number one fan is to be you, is to give yourself permission to be you. So here's our number one. I want you to first off, first and foremost, be yourself But then really, in order to be yourself, you have to see yourself as a whole, not as divided parts. Our criticism and our critical eye typically will go to things about ourselves that we don't like. And sometimes that's physical. And sometimes those are characteristic personality traits that we just, we dig into ourselves. And we get so obsessed with self-beratement that we lose sight of, of the amazing gifts and strengths and talents and, 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 and wonderful things that we do have. And so you have to see yourself as a whole and, and, and celebrate your strengths. And the second way is that I already just mentioned it, just to really be your number one fan is to truly, truly celebrate your strengths. So what do I mean by that? Well, First, you have to identify your strengths. If you've not yet done this, and, and maybe you're a new listener, you, you haven't heard some of our, our reflection activities that I recommend, but if you have not yet done this, I encourage you, gosh, I mean, push me on pause right now. Put pause onto this podcast recording and go ahead and take, take 15 minutes and write down your top 10 strengths. And then I want you to pick your top three strengths. What top three, what three characteristics would you describe yourself as? And, and I think the reason why I, I, we have to be intentional about celebration is because we live in a culture and a society that doesn't really celebrate. We, we affirm and, and applaud people who live busy lives and make lots of money and, and kind of live this miserable rat race, you know, lifestyle of never having enough time to do everything. And we also certainly, if you don't have time to sleep or grocery shop or spend time with the people you love, if you really don't have time, then you certainly don't have time to celebrate. And and life is way too short not to be celebrated. And I'm not talking about holidays. Like those are like set up for you to celebrate. But what would happen if you celebrated life? If you celebrated Mondays, if you celebrated the fact that your legs work, that your fact that you're strong, the fact that you can get in and out of bed, the fact that you have food in your refrigerator, maybe it's not the food that you wish you had, but it's food. 
celebrate it, what celebration does is it, 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 it equips us with this attitude of gratitude that I so often talk about. And when you have an attitude of gratitude, you can live life with a different, it's almost like you have secret superpower with a perspective that enables you to do all things because you see the big picture. That's what gratitude allows you to do. It allows you to absolutely see the big picture. So write down the things about yourself that you should celebrate and celebrate something today. If you could, for the next seven days, celebrate something about yourself every day, absolutely celebrate it. Find a way to celebrate it. Find a way to, to really go out of your way and, and say to yourself, like, this is something that I've taken for granted about myself, but it's really a blessing. And if you're struggling with this exercise, ask people that you love and care about, ask them what you, they think your greatest strengths are. And, 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 you know, I've talked to a lot of people through this, coached them through these exercises and they've, they always sort of downplay their strengths. Why do we, why do we do that? And I'm here to, I'm just here to tell you that there's there's no use for you playing small. Uh, I have a Marianne Williamson quote to share with you. Okay, so here's the quote and I, I I know some of you've heard this before, but it is so powerful and so beautiful. It really is something to be read on a consistent basis. I never tire of it ever. And it's even even quoted in my very first book, um The Skinny Sexy Mind, and I'm telling you, it's absolutely powerful. Here's what she wrote. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, talented, gorgeous, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And did you guys catch that? Our, your playing small does not serve the world. And this is from, um, an ex, it's an excerpt from her book, A Return to Love. And the subtitle of that is Reflections on the Principles of a Course in Miracles. Your playing small does not serve the world. And, and, I, and I really believe we all have this deep desire to make a difference. So stop playing small. Start celebrating your strengths. And like I said, when we started off today's episode, it's okay to be your own fan. It's okay to celebrate your strengths. It's not okay to play small, to be insecure, and to pretend that you don't want to rock the boat. Or who are you to think who are, that you could do something special? Who are you not to? And in fact, the world needs your light. The Lord need the Lord world. Whew, tongue twisters here. The world needs your inspiration, and the world needs your leadership and your contribution. Here's tip number three of ways to be your number one fan: stop comparing yourself to anyone else. Stop comparing yourself. You 
cannot be anybody but who you are and who you were meant to be. And any time that we we get distracted by trying to play the comparison game, we end up just cheapening our own value. We become imitations, uh, shoot, just worthless imitations and laughable imitations of other people. And I'll tell you what, we all know this, but you need to hear it. An imitation is never anything like its original. So I'm telling you, be yourself, be original, stop comparing yourself to others. All you have to do is be you. You're not called to be anybody else. You have a different story and your story shouldn't be like anyone else's. So um, put those horse blinders on and just, just stay to your race, stick to your life, stick to your path, follow your passion and, and, and celebrate life, your life, your story, your calling, your purpose the things that make your heart sing, not what you think other people are doing or other thing, uh, people think you might should be doing. Just just run your own race. It's, it's amazing how freeing that can be. When you run your own race and you stop comparing, half of the criticisms drop off and dissipate right then. It's like they're melted by fire, right? As soon as you decide that you're going to stop comparing yourself to anyone else. And this is, gosh, oh my gosh, so much easier said than done. But if you decide that you're not going to be the type of person, you're not going to allow yourself to indulge in comparison. And I use the word indulge intentionally because I think it's a lazy habit. I think we all like doing it. We like seeing where we measure up. We know it's bad for us. We know it's toxic. We know it's not healthy. Yet we are, when we are tempted to do it, we continue to choose to do it. And then we wonder and we, and we, we seem baffled by why are we so negative or why are we so overwhelmed or discouraged or why do I keep criticizing myself? I just don't understand. It's because we're giving into these indulgences that get us nowhere. We know they get there, us nowhere, yet we're still not willing to change our behavior or our thought patterns. And if we want to have anything, if we want to live differently or have something different than we've ever had, we need to be doing something, willing to do something different than we've ever done. And doing something different can be as simple as thinking differently, refusing to buy into comparisons, catching yourself as soon as you start comparing yourself. Knowing that you have the power of choice is the first step here. Number four, number four, here's how you can be your number one fan. My tip number four, capture your criticism. I want you to rewrite your words. When, just like when you're going to capture any kind of comparing thought where it's, it's you're measuring yourself up to someone else that you shouldn't be. I also likewise want you to capture your criticisms. Say them out loud. <laughs> Some of you might have just gasped, gasped, I know. Because the things that we say to ourselves are often so awful that we wouldn't dare say them to anyone else. Because we love other people too much. The problem is, is we don't love ourselves. How dare you? Some of the things that you've criticized yourself for, I want you to just, for a moment with me, imagine if you dared utter that to your, your child or your, your lover or your parent or, or your best friend, someone you truly care about in the tone and in the criticizing voice that you've used. And, and with lack of grace and lack of, of forgiveness and lack of understanding. We've all been there. I know how mean I've been to myself. And I know I've said things and expected things to myself and, and, and cornered myself and been the, my own biggest bully. 
And I know how it's been. And I know I did things that I would never and said things and thought things that I would never have dared utter to someone else because I knew how destructive and how toxic that would have been, how mean hearted and mean spirited and how out of place and, and un, un, irrational that it would be. So knowing that, and once I recognized that, I then said, so why is it okay for me to treat myself that way? And, and I have the same question for you. Why is it okay for you to treat yourself like crap, but to honor everyone else? Why, why, how is that okay? How is that okay? It's not. So stop tolerating it. And what I mean by capturing your, your criticism, know that this is a battle. This will be a daily battle to capture your criticism. These things aren't going to change overnight, nor do I expect them to or want them to. It's a process. It's a process. Part of the process is, is beautiful. The process is the journey, and the journey is what matters way more than the destination. So don't get impatient with yourself. Don't beat yourself up because you haven't learned, you haven't picked this up quick enough. That's that's what a lot of you will do, and you do not need to be patient, kind, loving, understanding, and gracious toward yourself. And every time you think a critical thought, say it out loud, and then rephrase it out loud. Rewrite the sentence out loud that you just said. Period. So like even here's a very small example of what I mean by this exercise. Yesterday I was running on some trails and my legs actually, I've been very tired recently and I got, got a couple miles in and I, you know, you guys heard I have a marathon coming up. So I'm in my taper week and I just, gosh, I'm so tired. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do this race well on Saturday. Ah, my legs shouldn't feel this tired. I, I, I probably didn't train well enough, blah, 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 excuse, excuse, criticism, criticism. Uh, you know, you should be a little bit faster than the pace you're going. How, how dare I not be? I probably should have done this. It's just a lot of shoulda, coulda, woulda, and why didn't I? And I immediately caught myself and I said, you are running outside. I was actually running in Williamsburg, Virginia, which is beautiful and historic. You are running outside in the middle of history and it's a beautiful day. The birds are chirping, the wind is blowing, and nobody cares how fast or slow you're running. And you shouldn't either. And you won't. A month from now, you're not going to remember this run. Who cares? You're out and you're doing something good for your body, Trish. And that's what matters. And so I changed my mindset. I said that out loud to myself. I caught my criticism. I reframed it. And then I went, all you got to do today, your new goal Rather than speed up or have a quote-unquote better run, your new goal is to enjoy yourself. Your new goal is to celebrate your body and celebrate the fact that you get to be out here doing this. And I'll tell you, that's what I mean by reframing and recapturing because the criticisms, gosh, guys, they're so ingrained in our thought patterns that we they sometimes disguise themselves. We maybe don't see it as being critical, but we actually are. It's that negativity that overpowers us. That's, that's a critical spirit. Here's tip number five. Know that you're normal. Oh my gosh. The first time I realized that I wasn't the only person thinking like this and um, it was so enlightening and freeing and empowering. You're not crazy. And hopefully you've heard by, by just listening to the show and the and being part of this confidence community and hearing some of my own story. 
hopefully you've already walked away with that and known that, but, but we often beat ourselves up so unnecessarily because we think I'm the only crazy person thinking like this. Why can't I get my act together? Why can't I do what's so-and-so? And then we go, we start comparing. So then we get engaged in this, this, this kind of power duo of comparing and criticizing all at the same time. And we wonder why we start choking out on life. You are normal. It's okay. This is, this is part of the process. So don't beat yourself up for where you are. Accept it. And now just try to make each day a better version of you. That's all that you have to do. Tip number five. Oh, that was number five. Tip number six is to, to know that you're normal, but also know that you are special. And that you do have something to contribute. I know there's a lot of you out there that are terrified of just being average. Yet you've sort of accepted it. You said, I'm kind of mediocre at everything. But I think I'm special. I know I'm special. But I'm afraid to really invest in that. Because what if I find out that I'm not? Or what if I outshine everyone and then I'm uncomfortable and there's too much pressure on me? Or what if I think I have something to contribute but I don't really? Or what if my best is not good enough and I really am mediocre? And anytime you ask yourselves these, this, you have this what if, you're buying into fear versus faith and love. You can never go wrong in life if you're acting and thinking and behaving out of of faith and out of love. What if is fear-based? It's uncertainty. It's lack of faith. It's this, this unlikely chance of something happening and we get so consumed that we end up throwing our present lives away for this what if fear and we end up staying stand we stay stagnant not doing anything out of this what if possibility that will never happen so yeah you're normal like these kinds of thoughts and fears and being uh, being critical and wanting to to change your thought patterns and struggling to do so and trying to break free from this kind of hamster wheel that you might be stuck in that's all normal don't beat yourself up for where you are but you are not normal. You are not average. So in the same tone, it's the other side of the, of the coin of, of, of normality. You have a story that no one else has. There are millions of people on this earth and every single one of us has a different fingerprint. Even identical twins have different fingerprints. So you, don't you, I mean, even think about that. Don't you dare ever doubt that what you have to contribute is a, is unique, uh, special, above average, definitely not mediocre, and definitely something that the world needs that only you can provide. So you do have something to contribute. Stop playing small and stop, stop doubting it. And you can start believing more and more the more you celebrate your strengths which are some of the first tips that we talked about today the more you celebrate your strengths the more you're going to be able to celebrate this this and believe in this this fact this fact that you do have something contribute that you are special that your story your voice and your efforts do matter i got last two here for you number seven is are you pitiful or are you powerful There's an amazing Joyce Myers quote that I just love and I want to share for you. And it will be in the show notes along with a Marianne Williamson quote. And you can always access my show notes, guys, at trishblackwell.com forward slash podcasts. And you're going to find everything in there. But Joyce Myers wrote, are you pitiful? 
or you can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you can't be both. You can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you can't be both. So which one do you want to be? Which one are you buying into? The number one critic is buying into the pitiful, the you can't do anything. You're never going to be good enough. Woe is you. Poor is me. Yeah, this is a lot of work. Yeah, you never finish anything you start. Pitiful gets nothing done. Or you can choose to, 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 to create and formulate and, and, and buy into a mindset that you're powerful. That you can do anything you set your mind to. That you do matter. That your story matters. That you have a life that's been, that was purposed and intended to live. And that you are going to maximize it. And that you are resourceful and, and you have the, and strength and boldness and courage. And that, and that you can break this cycle and you can celebrate life and you can help others celebrate life by living that example. So are you going to be pitiful? Are you going to be powerful? Because you you can't be both. And your decision about which P word you want to follow helps really guide you down the path of being a critic or a fan. Are you going to be a critic or a fan? Are you going to be a champion or the underdog that never makes it? The underdog with a terrible team and terrible leader and terrible players that never make it. Everyone loves a Cinderella story. There are some underdogs that really can rise to the occasion. But are you going to be powerful or pitiful. It's your choice. And it starts with just buying into the word, saying over and over, asking yourself every day and catching yourself when you, when you start repeating some patterns that, that drive you towards a negative or toxic outcome and of your mindset, ask yourself, am I being pitiful or powerful right now? Because I want to be powerful. How can I change my thoughts about this situation, about these circumstances and about myself right now and make them powerful? So my last thing, my last recommendation for you to be your own number one fan is this. To have self-esteem, do esteemable things. And by esteemable things, that could mean a variety of things. It could mean setting up your mornings where you um, exercise when you've been putting it off. You've been making excuse after excuse after excuse for weeks now that you want to get up and do it. So get up and do it. Be be someone who does what they say they're going to do. Maybe it means turning off logging out, not just turning off logging out of Facebook at night and watching other people's lives vicariously and instead reading books on self-development or your, for your own growth or maybe for the advancement of your career. Maybe maybe doing esteemable things means signing up for that half marathon that you've been thinking about forever. Um, for me, doing esteemable things, what really turned my life around, I was in a very, you know, uh, a precarious point in my life at one point, really down and out of a eating disorder. I was coming out of an extremely bad and abusive relationship. And I was thousands of dollars in debt to my own parents who had bailed me out. And I had sold everything I owned, covered some debts, and it was just a bad place. And I did esteemable things to get my self-esteem back. I rocked my job. I paid my parents back every penny. I bought a car. I bought a new house. I did out, I mean, in, a, in the span of 12 months, 
I changed my entire identity simply by building my self-esteem through doing esteemable things, proving to myself that I could in fact do anything that I set my mind to with the right attitude. I got into running. That's the same year I got into running. I did my first half marathon. The first half marathon built into the marathon. That marathon built in doing it to doing uh, competing at a uh, international level. That then built into doing an Ironman. The Ironman built into saying, "Wow, I can start my own business." And my own business has turned into a, a plethora of things, and is the only reason that you're here listening to me, hanging out with me today allowing me to be part of your day. It all started with a decision that I wanted to have more self-esteem. And in order to do that, in order to be able to celebrate myself and believe in myself again, and to be my number one fan, I needed to do esteemable things. I needed to start small and let each thing build upon it. Now, another option, getting involved in charity, maybe getting more involved with your church, uh, volunteering, uh, when you go going for a run around your neighborhood or a walk and bringing you a bag to pick up trash, doing the right thing, being the right kind of person all the time, doing the right thing when no one is watching. Those are the kinds of esteemable things I'm talking about that will build your self-esteem, that will help you celebrate who you are and the effort that you're putting in. And when you are doing those things, it's a lot easier, guys, to be your own number one fan. And when you are your own number one fan, you can do anything. Anything. It's amazing. The world is your oyster, and the only thing limiting you is your own imagination. There truly are no limits in life, only the ones that you put on yourself. Um, that's all I've got. Let me read through the list again. So you have the full list. I will put them in show notes. Here's number one. Here are the eight ways to be your number one fan. Number one, see yourself as a whole, not for the parts. Number two, celebrate your strengths. Number three, stop comparing yourself to anyone else. Number four, capture your criticism and rewrite, rewrite your words and your statements. Number five, know that you are normal. Number six, but also know that you are special and you do have something to contribute that matters. Number seven, pitiful or powerful, which one are you? And then number eight, to have self-esteem, do esteemable things. Here's my shout out to our listener of the week. It is Kay Bordeaux. She writes, Hey Trish, thank you for your inspiring words on your podcast. Your podcast really uplifts me. I feel so much better about life and and your show has helped me not to give up in life. I often struggle with low self-esteem and procrastination, but listening to your words made me realize that I have a lot to be thankful for. I have a chance to make a new and improved me. I'm going to listen to every one of your podcasts and stop complaining about things. Awesome. Okay, that's awesome. And you know what, Kay, you reminded me, we really need to talk more about procrastination. Um, if not this next week, maybe the next week, I'm going to put that on my docket. And for those of you out there who are struggling to really take action, and you're not working with me one-on-one or in my insecurity detox or my breakout programs, this should be the episode for you. So thank you, Kay, for the amazing idea. And I celebrate you for that. 
And don't forget, guys, if you are looking for ways to build your self-esteem or shake your procrastination and take action and you're not really sure to start, sure where to start, my insecurity detox would be the perfect baby step for you to kind of step outside of your comfort zone, but in a safe and very um, conservative way. So it's a small step. The program's like 34 bucks. It's the best money you will ever spend that, that has the greatest potential for a return on your investment. So if you're looking to do something, but you want to you be too drastic yet, I want to honor and respect that. But that is the next step I would recommend for you. And um, I just want to ha- tell you guys and leave you with Joyce Meyer's words. You can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you cannot be both. So go be powerful today. You are powerful. You are your number one fan. I am also your number one fan. And and you have a lot to celebrate and a lot to contribute. So I so so refuse to choke out on the criticism and the comparison and instead contribute and celebrate. Thanks for listening. You can get more resources and coaching from Trish at www.trishblackwell.com. And if you love the show, please post a review in iTunes so that more people can join in on this community of confidence. Now go conquer your day with confidence.